Welcome to the Healthy Jacks Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you find the best ways to stay healthy and keep moving in Jacksonville. My name is Dr. Peter Yu, and I am a performance physical therapist here in Jacksonville and the host of this podcast. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with the right health and fitness information that is not only practical, but evidence-based as well. I also have the pleasure of highlighting some of the top health and fitness professionals around here so that you can stay up to date on the latest information. My goal as a performance physical therapist is to help educate and empower athletes and active adults to take control of their own health so that they can get out of pain, optimize their performance, and build true longevity for life. You can find us on Instagram at The Healthy Jacks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. The Healthy Jacks Podcast is sponsored by MotionRx Health and Performance. At MotionRx, we specialize in helping athletes and active adults overcome injuries and get back to their sports and activities they love pain-free. Head to MotionRxHealth.com to find out how we can help you move better, feel better, and live an active, fulfilling life. Hey guys, welcome back to the Healthy Jacks podcast. I am your host today, Dr. Kate, and I am joined by Lydia Diggs, Integrated Health and Fitness Coach. Hey, Lydia. Hello, hello. Thank you for coming on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. How's your week been? It's been good. It's been steamy. It has Lots of light heat this week, which has been weird, but good. Right, but you're used to heat, right? Yes. It's just um, the, the transition from like, humidity and heat across the world to like humidity and heat in this part of the world I'm like it's same but it's different it's just the weirdest thing yeah Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah all right well how about let's just start off give us a background of where you're from give me your whole life story okay well (laughs) when I was two no I'm just kidding um okay I have been overseas for the past five years um so living in Saudi Arabia Um, Right on the Red Sea, so most people are like, oh, you know, it's dry heat there, but actually we were in very humid heat um, in my city, in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And, um, yeah, so I'm originally from Alabama in the States, and then I um, went to school, got involved in the international community, started CrossFit while I was in grad school, undergrad, grad school, um, and then knew that I was just going to be leaving the country immediately when I graduated. So, um, headed to Jeddah and as soon as I hit Jeddah a few months before I got there I started looking at CrossFit gyms because I had heard that the laws and the country was like on the peak of change and so um I was like I wonder if they have CrossFit gyms for women and so I found a CrossFit gym for women and that year that I moved there was the first year they actually allowed gyms for women to be legal and so it was just like a really cool time so when I went there I went to teach for a university but then on the side I was like coaching CrossFit and kind of um, getting into the world of women because men and women are still pretty much separated Mm -hmm. not not completely it's it's definitely changing a lot but um yeah men and women's gyms are totally separated so it was cool to teach women how picking up a barbell does not mean you will never have kids and you can pick up a barbell even after you have kids your body isn't destroyed you can you know keep moving so yeah it was pretty pretty wild yeah that's interesting so tell me about your what was your degree in or education so when I was in 
high school, I did like your typical Spanish classes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like didn't think much of them, just tried to get an A or a B and move on with life. Um, And then I I went to to South America a few times right towards the end of of high school and I was like, oh, I like languages. This is fun because I like I had actually had like a practical way to use it. Um, So I love doing a lot, like just practical, practical living I really like. Um, And so I like had this like fire get started and I was just like I've got to keep just moving on with like all this stuff so I decided to study Spanish and nutrition as my undergrad so that's my bachelor's degree and then um through you know working with international students at the language institute that we had at my university University of Alabama um I started that's when I started meeting a ton of like people from like all over the world and so I was like I would really like to go to the Middle East I think that'd be the biggest challenge I've met a lot of Middle Easterners and they're really great people so I'm going to go there first. How do I get there? And I was like, I'm going to get a degree in applied linguistics and go and teach. And so I taught at um, a, a dominant university in my city, in the country, um, and taught in their like language program and taught girls that wanted to learn English. A lot of people speak English there already, but they like really wanted to concentrate in it. So like I got to teach them English. And so I went there and then that's when I started like looking into the fitness stuff as well. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you spent five years there. Yeah. Okay. And that idea stemmed in high school? In college. Yeah. In yeah. So not necessarily the Middle East. It was just like yeah. I started getting into like the international community and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I gotta go. I must go. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like, I love being in the international world and just kind of like hearing and learning from people that just like have completely different backgrounds for me I like the uncomfortability of that because I learn a lot in that so um yeah it was just really cool I really liked it yeah Yeah. what are some of the biggest lessons you learned being there Mm. it's probably like (laughs) a lot uh a lot yeah man um what it is um I think I I think one of the biggest things especially like coming back and transitioning back here is I I never learned how or never went through the process of being a an adult post school mm-hmm. in America. I mm-hmm. did that in Saudi. And so in that in and of itself that 5 years was a huge shift in the country as well. And so like when I got there it was like old school. Couldn't drive. Women still had to be, you know, like if you left the house you had to have, you know, a man's permission, your guardian whatever. Not for me specifically, but I still couldn't drive. I still had issues with, like, not being able to... Like, at at one point, I had people tell me to leave a restaurant and stand outside and wait for my food because I was a woman. And and so there was just, like, you know, like, doing adulting after school and then also living in a culture where there's just so many weird things anyway was just, like, really intense. And so moving back, I think the cultural shifts that I've been feeling is a lot of clash that how much of a Saudi that I've become, like in my identity of like, these are the really cool things about their culture that I've learned and I want to adapt in my life. And then these are the things that I like want to like marry into American culture. And so like, I think that I have a little, even though third culture kids in America learn that from their home, like their parents might be from somewhere else, but then they go outside and they're American. And so there's like this, this like, tug of cultures and like identity and never really feeling anywhere is your home and I'm learning that as a 30 year old 32 year old like I'm just kind of like well I you know like yes I get that idea but I don't really agree with that anymore that's not really how I function anymore and so it's kind of like feeling like the I have home I have two homes but then in each of them I don't feel like it feels like I'm still kind of like not 
doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing what what would be considered normal I guess Mm -hmm. so some of my ideas are just so that's been kind of like a weird shift but a really cool one because I think that living in such an extreme culture where the both of my cultures are so different from each other it's really cool to see how they complement each other um, and how much they could learn from each other is like really really beautiful Um, so that was a big thing I think I've become a lot more um, I think I really value uh, how American families are done and the relationships, like we really like relationships and we like to build those relationships. We don't necessarily have to be like with each other all the time. Um, whereas it's the opposite there. They'll, they'll have good relationships with each other, but they're with each other all the time. Like you don't leave the house, you don't move out until you're married. And you know, so there's like pros and cons to that, but I love the idea of that like close knitness. And so um, it just kind of gave me a little bit more of, um, cause they're very tribal. And so it kind of gave me more of like this like angst for like family and just like having really strong like fighting for family fighting for relationships through conflict and things like that and and just fighting for relationships in general just like fighting for for that side of it um so that was like really cool to kind of like see the dichotomy of it all it's really mm-hmm. nice yeah yeah so interesting and was it just within the past year that you came back to the u.s mm-hmm. i got here last october okay and then i moved to jacksonville in november yeah okay. so not quite a year so yeah. obviously things still feel yes new. very weird yeah. yeah most everyone I've talked to they were like yeah give it like a year to a year and a half maybe even two years yeah. and I'm like okay okay <laughs> like finally my body's starting to catch up but like yeah. it's still all over the place all the time mm-hmm. so yeah and what made you decide to come back um I was just telling someone yesterday that I have someone asked me that same exact question I just like when I decided to go to Saudi I have this really strong like gut feeling for things Mm -hmm. and so it's almost like this internal was like you're going to Saudi and that was the moment I decided to get my grad degree of course I'm open that if the door closes the door closes but I was like I'm getting my grad degree I'm going and then three months later I mean boom I was in Saudi and it was just wild and so I think sometime during COVID I had a really good experience with COVID personally um didn't you know, how my good days, my bad days, but it wasn't like overwhelming. Um, it was really intense there, but, um, I was in a really good space. And so, um, sometime during COVID, I was just like starting to really kind of grasp the idea of moving into uh, my business and starting taking health in a different direction. Cause I fully believe that we're not tapping into all parts of health, mm-hmm. um, especially in the health industry and in the fitness industry. And so I was like, you know what, I want to be able to put down some roots, but still be able to travel. Um, and so I was like, you know what, if I'm going to put down roots somewhere, I'm going to do that at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my brother actually lives in town. And so it was kind of like, I want to be near family and near water. That was like a healing thing for me being in Saudis was I was on the Red Sea. So I was constantly going out there to, for my own health and just mm-hmm. like taking time to go out and be on the water. And so I, I wanted to be able to have that opportunity here too. So I was like, Jacksonville, I want to Jacksonville. So, yeah, it was kind of like this, yeah, it was like a slow feeling, and then all of a sudden it was like, no, it's time to go home, so, and we'll figure we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And you said you got into CrossFit before you moved, mm-hmm. um, but then you got a little bit more into fitness while you were there. Yeah. What about just generally growing up? What did, like, health and fitness look like for you? Yeah. Um, my dad was, like, any southern Alabama, Alabamian man, but very much wanted, you know, I have two older brothers. And so he was wanting them in football and in mm-hmm. soccer. And so I grew up playing soccer. Um, and then in high school, we would do weightlifting things, not like Olympic weightlifting, which is what I like to do now, but we would, you know, lift a lot. And then 
um, I did CrossFit, uh, I didn't do CrossFit, I did um, cross country and then to supplement for soccer so mm-hmm. that I could have the endurance for it. Um, little did I know, I'm a much better sprinter, so I should have been on the track team. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed it. It was really cool to, to just do something on a team like that. And then once I got out of school, once I graduated high school, I kind of like just kind of stopped doing sports for a really long time because there wasn't really any organized like like anyone that's like, hey, let's go do this. So it was just kind of like I was kind of meandering my way through things. And then um, one time my brother, who is pretty much like a father figure for me, he was like, have you ever tried CrossFit before? And I was like, no. And he like knew that I would I would really like it. And so I started it and never looked back. It was really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so yeah, I grew up in sports for sure. Yeah. yeah. So my brother is one of the reasons I came to Jacksonville, and oh, nice. he's yeah. also who got me into CrossFit. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Brothers are so good. Yeah, They're they, so they good. do some good things. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um, and so then part of the reason that you moved to Jacksonville or wanted to move back was to grow your business. Yeah. So tell us about Integrated Health and Fitness. Yeah, yeah. So right now, I think that on, like, on the heels of looking at COVID and looking to see, like, how – how much we probably shouldn't have been sitting on the couch and eating <laughs> during COVID. But I think it started screaming out a bigger issue that we just don't know how to, it, like we regulate our health all the time, right? We go into the gym, we try and eat well, and then, you know, we enjoy, you know, food when we want to enjoy food. Like that's kind of like the story that we've been taught our whole lives is like you regulate your health by going into a gym um, and then you try and eat well most of the time. And then, you know, having consistent good patterns and lifestyle. Um, which I think is a very good practical thing um, that I think throughout COVID and even before COVID, I went through my own personal burnout while I was in Saudi. I got a herniated disc and was down for the, like down for like nine months, like just didn't have good access to healthcare. And so no one really knew how to like, I mean, it took months before I even got an MRI to confirm what was happening. And so mm-hmm. like, it was a really big mess. And so that was like a huge time for me to really understand my personality that it, seeks and wants to be moving and doing a lot um Mm -hmm. but then also that my my mind and my body also needed to slow down and so that's why COVID was such a like I was learning all that through my injury but then when COVID hit and they were telling us to stay home thankfully I had a rooftop so I could like go outside and play and work out um but it was just like a really good time for me to slow down um and I think for some people that was like COVID wasn't as bad for them because staying at home was like hey here's your, here's your check. You need to like slow down a little bit. But for a lot of people, it was really hard. Like it was really hard mentally and emotionally, relationally. Like, I mean, like a lot of people were like, yeah, we spent a lot of time with our family. And and at first it was really great. And then it was like, uh, okay, this is great, but this is, this is going to be really challenging. Um, and so just thinking about, um, just like a lot of the, we have that intangible health that, that no one really knows what to do with it. And so what I think we've seen is we see really extreme cases of intangible health showing itself, especially in our culture, seeing like shootings and things like that. So it's really, really horrible, horrible things that happen. And I wonder if we ever pulled back and started integrating that kind of health as children, like parents being able to give this to these tools to their kids, would we even get to that point? If, and and when, when, we would, when would we recognize the warning signs of like, hey, I'm not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't even get to the extreme. That's like obviously very extreme examples. You know, like um, when we think about mental health, people usually think about depression and like some things that you need to go like psychologists and therapists and like go see someone for. Um, what I do is I try to work on the preventative side of things. So 
I really want people, children even, but parents to have the tools of preventing and being able to at least notice the patterns of who they are and what their intangible health looks like. Um, Because I just really believe that health grows from the mind first. Um, I mean, you can have the healthiest physical person in the world, and then if their mind is not in a healthy place, it will eventually just kind of disintegrate anything else in life. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I do with clients and what, what I do in workshops is I teach people questions and thought processes to kind of work through on, okay, well, this is what my mental health looks like this week. And in understanding that intangible health is like, it's like the waves of the sea. It's up, it's down, it's this, it's that. Life is always changing and flowing and how can we change and flow with it in a healthy way, not in a like something bad happened, now I'm just gonna crash and I'm gonna burn out this direction. Because mm-hmm. um, we see a lot of burnout in like, you know, burnout with like eating disorders, disordered eating is huge in the fitness field um, and just worldwide. Um, alcohol, drugs, porn, like all of that is just like, these are the ways that people are burning out really badly. And I think that there's a really beautiful, there's a lot of beauty and awareness that if I know how I tick and I know I can sense when something's off, I can prevent myself from burning out. Um, And so um, essentially what I do with with my clients is I work with them as kind of like a life coach. Like they come to me with goals. So I've got clients that come to me for career change. They come to me for even fitness stuff. Like if they've got some, like I'll program, you know, gymnastics or, you know, they, they have some of those practical goals too but career change relationship you know stuff and so we but I always start with clients on well what does your holistic health work look like first how is that integrated in itself because a lot of clients will come to me and they'll want you know they'll want the perfect body they'll want the nutrition coaching they'll want the, you know all these different movements that they can excel in but the mind shift has to happen first because once they start thinking like oh I want to be healthy then their goals change from I want to have a perfect body then they don't have as much pressure on what they look like and that's a really hard thing with most of my clients they they just want this like boom this perfect body and I'm like but you're beautiful as you are right in this moment you're chasing health and that's what's important um and so kind of like pulling back and redirecting how we think about health and so I always start people with okay well let's look at like our mental health how do we regulate that? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Um, emotional health, relational health, spiritual health, intellectual health, and then the physical health. Um, and I'll do more consulting on physical health, but for everything else, I just want to give them a platform of like different questions to ask themselves so they can kind of check in. Um, and it just be kind of like the same thing as like fitness. You know, if you're, you're an athlete and you're working out every day, you're doing CrossFit like five, six days a week, you're going to need a day to pull back and see how you're feeling. Or you need to be able to feel, you know, like if you're weightlifting, I do a lot of weightlifting. So like if I'm feeling like something's off one day, I know that I don't need to be going full force because I can end an injury. So giving people tools to just like, you know, if they walk into the gym or if they wake up one morning, they just feel like something's off. Like, write down each of those and kind of figure out which one is really low and what does that look like and so um i think that i was at a i did a foster care um parents um workshop Mm -hmm. and i just looked at them of course they're they're getting these kids that are are being born into a society where the the ones that are there for their survival are just disappointing them over and over again 
And so I looked at all the parents and um, I was just like, who all has been hurt by somebody? And of course, everyone's like, yeah, I have, I have, I have. And it does, it really passes through the mind first in the ways that we have hurt other people, like whether we're conscious or unconscious of it, like we do hurt other people. Humans hurt humans. And that's, you know, that's just a fact of life. But what we do with it and how, how can we take care of our own health to where we're not doing that to other people and spewing things out on other people um, is really important. And so I just like, I just love it. I just love like helping people honestly relieve the pressure of life too. Like once you understand like, oh, this is why I think this way. This is why I burn out in this way. You can give yourself a little space and a little grace and a little space for error. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of start looking at, well, how do I strategize working through that to where that's not an issue anymore? It becomes less and less to that so that I can do my career change. So I can get to whatever this fitness goal is that I really want to do. Um, so I can have a better relationship with someone. Um, so my partner feels more fulfilled in this relationship and I feel more fulfilled. Like if we can kind of figure out the root causes of things instead of just throwing a bandaid on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's in a S- nutshell. That's awesome. So let's break down yeah. the components mm-hmm. of holistic health. Um, with, you know, maybe an example or two. Yeah. Um, so for example, when we think about mental and emotional health, sometimes those end up getting going hand in hand because they're they're so interlinked. Um, so, for example, like I will teach clients that like if they, I want them to know what the solution is. Every every person's individual health is different, and how they fill back up is different. So, I like them to think about like so. For example, their mental and emotional health it's like a battery or like a tank and you want to know what your percentages are. I want them to know what it looks like, what happens when it's zero. I want them to know what's happening at half and I want them to know what's happening at full. Like what does it practically look like? And so I teach them once they kind of walk through and start becoming more self-aware of what that looks like, then I want them to, to write down like, okay, where's your trigger warning? Where's this like, okay, you're at half, you know you're at half at least be aware of it and know that it needs to get filled up at some point. Now, how, what's the how to point of that? And so I give them, we go through a series of questions of like, you know, why do I think my mental and emotional health is low? What's been going on around me? Have I been triggered in some way? Have I, am I burning out? Like what has been happening around me immediately in the past two weeks? If this is something that's continuing to happen or if it's like something that's just immediately happened and you don't really know what's happening. So it's a lot of process of questions. And so then, for example, on like relational health, um, I talked to, I, I listened to a girl tell her story recently and she was like, um, she was like, yeah, I had this wonderful, wonderful trip. And everyone was like, yeah, we saw it on Instagram. It looks so much fun. And, um, and she was like, yeah, it, it was really fun. Parallel fun. We weren't connected. It, was, it wasn't an interchange. And in my head, she wasn't a client mind, but in my head, a planning strategy of like what relational health looks like and going through relational health would have been like, what are your expectations out of this trip? What have you been missing out of your relationship lately? And that can, that's not just rom- romantic relationships, it's kind of in a relationship. What am I needing? And am I communicating what it is that I need? And so I like to talk to clients about asking those questions, uh, and especially when it comes to like those relationships where you're with them day in and day out, so familial relationships, romantic relationships, marriages. Um, 
what do I need and how am I communicating what I need? Because a lot of times we have a lot of expectation on things and then when it's not met, it's very disappointing, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. Um, But understanding what your expectations are from the beginning is helpful for it to at least mitigate some of the disappointment that could happen. Um, And thinking about what the big picture is of like, what is this trip for? What is this time for? Um, I think because we all give and receive love differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in relationships, it's like, you have to understand how you want to be loved. And then you also need to be curious about how your partner or your friend wants to be loved as well. Because if you start loving them the way that you like to be loved, that's great. But they might want to receive love differently. And so communicating that can give you, I think, you know, like a really good charge of like knowing how to love someone well instead of just loving them the best you know how when you when you can do it in a better way if you just like communicate and kind of explore curiosity um and so i'll teach you know we'll kind of go through like what are some questions that you would ask and kind of and so what i do what my job is is asking a lot of questions and being curious about my clients um so that they can figure out what works for them in their individual life and their individual you know whatever section of health we're talking about and how that either inhibits or like progresses them towards a goal that they have. Um, I really like talking about the relationship one because it's just really fun. Because I think that if we learn how to live better individually, we can really love each other better. Um, and that I think can create a, at least an aware and a progressing society in a lot of ways. So I think that can be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's your love language, Lydia? Hmm. I really love affirmation and touch. Okay. And and it's funny because <laughs> a lot of times when I'm like, oh, I love physical touch, people are like, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> no, seriously, just like if a friend like is just kind of like puts their hand on my shoulder, I'm just kind of yeah. like, oh, hey. You know, like it's just, it's affirming to me. So I like r- words of affirmation and physical touch. I started um, in Saudi, you know, like, I mean, people greet each other and will hug each other, but then COVID happened. And so like, I didn't really realize how much I really like, like feel comforted by physical touch until I started doing, my friend had been trying to get me to do jujitsu for the longest time. And then finally I went and it was really fun. It was just such a fun, it's just such a fun sport. I really like it. But then I realized like, it's just fun to try and beat up on people. And that was part of the physical touch. And so I was just like, I think I really like physical touch. This is cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that I probably enjoy a lot of them, but those two are, mm-hmm. are probably bigger probably ones of yeah. mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So we have emotional, mental, mm-hmm. um, relational. Tell us about spiritual. So that one really just depends on the person, mm-hmm. um, what their spiritual beliefs are, Um and just kind of like what that means to them. And that one can be a really hard one. I think it, it honestly, for me, my job, it's a little bit easier if they have some like a religion or a something very specific. Um, it gets a little bit harder when they're kind of unaware. Like when people just say I'm spiritual, it makes it a little bit harder to pinpoint, you know, like it's a lot bigger of a thought process on like how to fill that up and how to get what you need out of it. So a lot of people that are just spiritual, they typically don't want coaching on that just because they don't typically know exactly what it is that they need out of it. And so that can become a little bit more difficult. Um, but it really just depends on the person and what, what they ascribe to and just like pinpointing what that is in their lives and like how that can best push them into a good place of health. 
Um, and it really depends on the, if it's important for the person. So I usually typically will ask clients like, um, well, like, is spirituality, is that a thing for you? How important is it? And then kind of go from there off of that. And if, that, if it feels like it's not super important to them, then we don't really address that quite as much. But if people are a little bit more on the religious spectrum and then they have a, a religion that they ascribe to, then that gives me space to be able to talk to them through, like, so, for example, if someone was dealing with, like, mental and emotional stuff, like, how does your spirituality and your religion, how does that comfort you? And what are some things, what are the resources that you can pull from for that to really help you in this sphere? Um, and so, yeah, that just kind of depends on the person as far as like how that goes. A lot of people will typically, I've had a few people come to me for like spiritual stuff. Um, but they typically will have like, that's something that's really important to them. And and usually it's like a a religion that they ascribe to for that. Um, but it can really just depend on the client. Okay. Yeah. So not a necessary part of your Not necessary. I just want clients to know that that's available. Um, but um, it is for a lot of people, it is like a big part of their health. And so mm-hmm. it just depends on the client. It's just more of an awareness for me so that I know um, how to kind of connect with them and kind of ask them the right questions if that's something that's going to spur them on in all their other parts of health. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we know about physical health. Yeah. Right. And then there's one more, maybe. And I think it has something to do with. <clears throat> um, thinking yes intellectual Um, yes intellectual (laughs) yeah so intellectual health I remember when I first thought about intellectual health I was like well I mean I don't like sit around and read books all the time um I don't mind reading but I'm one of those readers that reads for information so I won't like never finish a book but I'll like read it and I'm like oh that's good that's good and then I'll leave it for a few months and then I'll come back to it I like the idea that there's a spectrum of types of readers um because I feel like sometimes the ones who are non-avid readers (laughs) like me um, I always felt like I couldn't, I was not a reader, and, but I'm just a certain type of reader. Uh-huh. So for anyone out there listening, you are not a non-reader. You're <laughs> probably just a certain type of reader. Um, but I associate it with that. And usually when I tell people that, they're like, oh, well, I mean, I listen to some podcasts and like they'll say stuff like that. Um, but I, it's more about challenge. And so like, especially when I talk to people that have, um, just kind of like a a monotony in their day, a lot of parents, a lot of people in the corporate world, like where there's kind of like doing over and over and over and over. Um, a lot of times you can be really good at something, but kind of lose your spark for it and might need a little bit more challenge. And so whatever that challenge looks like for them. And so it would depend on their learning style. So a lot of people will not really know why they keep burning out when, you know, their life is pretty normal and it's routine or whatever. And a lot of times it's because they're not finding joy in the burn and like in the routine. And so they kind of burn out on it. And so trying to figure out, okay, well, what is, what's a good challenge for you? So a good challenge for me is a physical challenge. If you're going to tell me like, oh, let's race to the end of the park lot. I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's race, let's fun. You know, or like finding something new to do that's physical for me. That's how I learn. That's how I like to be challenged. And so, um, so, which is why I really adapted to jujitsu like because it was nice to have that mental aspect with the physical aspect it really like was fun for me and so just getting people to understand like what 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 could they add or take away um to make life not so bland um so when the intellectual health and and some people could be overly like overly have way too maybe they're way too full and they need to pull back a little bit Mm -hmm. I've had people say that to me like 
my relational health is super good. Sometimes it's just too much. And I'm, so then maybe pulling back a little bit would be helpful sometimes. So, um, yeah, it just depends on the person and how they feel intellectually challenged and, um, what makes them think. I think that sometimes I feel like we have so much information. We do, we do definitely have way too much information coming at us now. And I don't think that's ever going to stop now. I think it's just going to get worse that it's made it hard for people to pull back and think to where we do have to like watch a TV show just to get our minds to be quiet. Um, and I think that's fascinating, <laughs> but also kind of scary at the same time. Cause it's really, it is really hard to turn your brain off. Um, and that's why I really talk to people like about that regulation of intangible health, because it grows from the mind. We've got to quiet in the mind and we've got to figure out how to do that and how to make it and put it into a healthy place. Um, but everyone's different on how they'll get their mind to be quiet. So, yeah. Okay, so it's a lot of reflection, sort of figuring out what do I look like when I'm mm-hmm. full, when I'm empty, what mm-hmm. fills me up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a daily practice, I assume? Yeah, it can be, or it can be, I think, it can be overwhelming if it's daily. I, mm-hmm. I think it's more about the awareness of, like, noticing yourself. Okay. Um, I think that a lot of times we're just so busy and the like, I got to get to work, I got to get the kids, da, 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 that we can't a lot of times we don't know when something is saying like, Hey, I need some attention. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just noticing when their attention needs to be given. Um, and so I would say probably weekly, at least doing like a full, like, Hey, how is this doing? How is this doing? How, what do I need? Mm -hmm. Um, but then have being comfortable enough in your own skin and aware enough and curious about yourself in a way that like you walk in and you're like, like, so for example, I walked into the gym one day and I was like, man, something is up I don't know what it is and I literally looked at my my notebook where I had these workouts written out and you see in my notebook mental emotional relational how you know like I just had them all bulleted out and I was like okay here we're about 87 percent here we're about this here we're about this and it just dawned on me and I was like this is what like and then I was thinking you know just it took me like 10 minutes I was like okay what's been happening the past few days what's you know and of course I'm taking this transition that I've been going through in heaps of that happening all the time I was like okay now that I know what this is I can't really fill up right now I just want to try and get through this workout Mm -hmm. but now that I know it's gonna be less distracting for my workout and so now I'm aware of it I'm gonna pocket it so that's why journaling is such a cool thing Um, Mm -hmm. I like clients to go through I usually will send them a cognitive thought log especially when they're looking at like looking at patterns of behavior patterns of burnout or patterns of you know x y or z um because it's really helpful to kind of like put something down and then you're like, okay, now I know what it is. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put it over here and I'll deal with this when I'm ready to deal with it or I'll deal with it later today or later this week when I can plan something out for that. Um, but it just kind of gives you a moment to like think about yourself. And that's only like if you kind of can feel something is off. And so, yeah, I would say, you know, at least bi-weekly sitting down and just like having some time for yourself. I mean, I think people should have time for themselves like every week. Um, but I know that that's really hard for a lot of people. Um, but like bi-weekly something where you're organized, like structuring, like, okay, what does this look like? And it doesn't have to, I think the more you do it, the more it's less daunting. I've been in, in workshops before where no one in the room has ever done it before. And so it becomes this like really daunting thing because when you think about some of your patterns and your own awareness, it touches on things in the past that are hard. And that's really daunting. That can be really hard because then you're, 
my job is to work with someone from present to future. I want it, I want them to get to these goals. I want them to find a place of health and feel free in their own skin and like feel good to like pull back and push forward when when they when they you know have that ability to do that but not force it. Um, and so um, yeah, I. I know that it can be really hard, but I think that when we, especially if we start teaching kids to do this regularly, asking questions and asking, just being kind of being curious about self, then that won't be such a daunting task. But as an adult, when you've lived a lot of life and then you're realizing like, oh, wow, well, this is why I do that. And I would like to change that, but that seems really daunting. Um, it just seems like a really scary place to be, like that self-awareness you know, it's like well, why a lot of people can't sit in a room alone in silence. It's like, I don't know what to do now. Um, and so I want it not to be daunting. I want it to be like going into the gym every day where you have challenges and you are challenging yourself in the gym, but it's not this daunting thing. Kind of like the first day of CrossFit where you're like, oh, terrifying. like, yeah, yeah, super terrifying. Mm -hmm. But it becomes something that you do regularly enough to where every time you walk up to, or you try to sit down and kind of see where you're at, it's not like the first day of CrossFit. It's like, hmm, I've been doing this for a while. I can see what's going on. I don't even have to write this down. I know that my emotional health is really low. This is what I need. Maybe I'll plan this week. I'm gonna put this on the books, 10 minutes here, an hour here, this is what I need. And that looks different for everybody, um, how they'll fill back up. But just being aware so that they can fill up, so that they don't get to the point of like complete burnout and then someone either themselves and other people or just themselves just reaps the repercussions in a bad way of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. I feel like when you, I mean, of course this is, when you don't understand why you're angry or angsty, yeah. like it just yeah. makes it worse. So yeah. it's super powerful to just actually figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, okay. So your business specifically, so you do workshops and then you mm -hmm. work with clients. So yeah. Um, and you said a lot of that is sort of like question prompting. Mm -hmm. So tell me just more about how you set things up as far as like what do meetings look like? How often do you typically see clients, things like that? Yeah. Um, so I can see clients. It depends on what their needs are. Um, I, like to, I like to do sessions no longer than like an hour and a half um, just for both of our brains. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of times it will be like, every month they'll like buy a package of sessions and then we'll, we'll work together every month or um, I'll have a, um, a package of sessions where we have a, a session each month and then maybe I'm programming something for them in the gym that they want to progress in a certain strength skill um, but every single client that I have I always start with an hour session hour to an hour and a half of going over holistic health Mm -hmm. and how to and then I ask them those specific questions because in a workshop you ask those questions but then it's like, I don't want anyone sharing their information that they don't want to share in front of people. Yeah. Um, and everything's confidential. And so a lot of people will tell me like, it feels like a counseling session. Mm -hmm. um, but it is really like, I don't ever, we don't talk about the, if they, if they mention like the past, like, uh, like obviously I'm listening ears for that, but it's not something that I'll speak to. It's more like present to future. Um, and so I'm very like goal oriented. What do you want to work on? Um, but I always want them to have a frame of reference of their own health to start because a lot of people come to me for the like, I want to lose fat and I want my belly to be smaller, just my belly, like that's it. <laughs> and so I, I find that a lot of my clients are 
um, don't don't have any idea what intangible health is or how to deal with their own intangible health and it's freeing when they can do that um, so I always do that for a first session um, and then we just kind of go from there so it really just kind of depends I'll create different packages for different clients and whatever their need is um, but the more practical stuff would be like the nutrition and the fitness stuff um, but then the integrated like intangible health it would be more like what's your goal and then we'll do check-ins after that of like okay well you know like you you want this career change but like what's what like what is it that's holding you back what sacrifices do you need to make and a lot of times that can go back to you know like how is life being lived at the current moment to move forward and a lot of times that's burnout and just kind of being overwhelmed and stressed um which I feel like we're all in a state of that a lot of the time now um and so so cute right yeah it's just like well there we are again stressed <laughs> Yay. um and so yeah just being able to pull back so that they can I really do want people to thrive and just enjoy like where they're at in life and the relationships that they have um and I think that a lot of times we can remove a lot of unnecessary things um and simplify life and so if we can simplify I think we can kind of push forward in things that that really kind of make us tick in a good way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it really depends on the client, their goals, what they specifically want. But I typically – we can – I also will do, like, biweekly sessions. Um, it kind of depends on the whatever it is that they want to work on. Um, and so a lot of times I'll ask them to, like, you know, like write out an agenda. Like, what what is it that you want for – what do you want out of this session? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always usually start with that, like getting a, you know, catch-up if I haven't talked to them in about a month. Um, and I do a lot of stuff remote. Um, I do enjoy meeting people in person. <laughs> um, and so when I get to meet clients, so obviously those would be my clients here in Jacksonville. Like when I get to meet them face to face, it's really sweet. And we don't do it all the time, but when they, we, when we can kind of coordinate that, I really like meeting people face to face. Um, cause it's, it's cool either way, but there's something about being in front of someone's face. It's really sure. nice. Totally. Like I'm in front of your face right now. It's really nice. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what is your like five-year plan for both yourself and your business? Oh, or if five is too far, we can go like three. I don't want to overwhelm you. What about a week? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, you've got What's that. next week's plan? <laughs> um, okay, big picture. Yes. I would, I would like to figure out where my place is in America. That that is like, I'm like slowly getting through that. I, I my personality is is very much a like. I have the feeling I know I know this is what I'm supposed to do and then I jump into the water and then I'm like well I'll figure out the rest later um and so I'm definitely steering the weight and like waiting in the water business was a little bit easier in Saudi because there's not all the like regulations and fees and just like how you set up business there is a little bit more laxed it's and that's definitely a little bit more on core with my personality so mm-hmm. like figuring out American culture and like what I need to do for certain things and so I would like to just kind of get established here um, in whatever capacity that looks like and build clients here. Um, the thing that I do really love about American culture and like, especially like young people in our culture is that when they are ready to do something like health, they're usually like ready and consistent to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a little bit harder. Um, usually my older clients in Saudi would be like, they would be ready to like do it. They wouldn't be like, you know, yes, I'll do it. And then no. And then, you know, they would be a little bit more consistent. Um, and so, yeah, building clients here and just kind of like honestly getting this to anybody and everybody. Like I just think that it's it's a really powerful thing. It's very practical, very simple. And that if people can like just 
be aware and like do it then that can really be helpful and so like I would like to establish myself with like businesses and with staff and especially like fitness trainers Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much goodness in what fitness trainers are doing and coaches are doing um that even being able to teach them these tools to be a little bit more curious about your clients um beyond like well you know like you've you've gained weight like you are you not doing the thing that I've asked you to do with your macros or your you know calories or whatever like what's been going on in life you know like and then even an awareness to a woman's body like our bodies are changing all the time and so I like I like giving giving people those tools and so like even giving coaches that that ability to like know how to ask good questions Mm -hmm. um because sometimes you can ask a question and then like a week or two later it's like whoa like that question like and that's happened to me with coaches like I'll get a question and then I'm like in the middle of the week I'm like eating and then I look up and I'm like oh I see I see now I know the answer for myself and so I think that that's a really cool thing because questions always make you think Mm -hmm. um and I like I like people to think Mm -hmm. um and so yeah so just kind of getting this out to community and like helping people learn how not to burn out um and how to see the warning signs of it and at least try to mitigate some of the damage that can be done in burnout um And then eventually I would love to be able to continue doing this overseas. So like be established here, but be able to take a month and go back to Saudi and give workshops and give these Mm -hmm. tools to men and to women there because like, you know, like they, social media has been catching them up, but like in a lot of ways there's a lot lacking there as far as like um, this kind of information. And so, and some of it's taboo, like it's, you know, counseling and that kind of stuff is a little bit more taboo there. Um, and so being able to give these tools um, to them as well and be able to kind of grow. I mean, and I really love the international world, so I would love to still be able to go back and forth in whatever capacity. Um, yeah. That's good. All right. Yeah. Is there anything else we should know about your business before just a couple, like, personal questions? Um, you can find me at theholisticdig.com two g's um i'm like i want to work with anybody and everybody um so no like i won't probably ever say no to someone if they want to know about this stuff um and so i'm ready and willing whenever they're ready let's go awesome (laughs) yeah okay so tell me when did weightlifting become your thing um man so I started lifting in, in high school, like we were doing like squats and stuff and I was pretty strong. Like, I think that's more genetics. My, my family's, my brothers are, have always been pretty strong. And, um, so I started then and then, um, but, but very poorly coached. <laughs> no one really knew how to coach women, let alone like, you know, and so again, I'm words of affirmation. So like if I have a coach and if someone's telling me to do something, I'm really going to like, I will thrive more on a team setting and then with a coach over me than like I will on my own. Um, and so when, after my injury, like I of course was like learning, you know, to grow and snatch and clean and jerk, um, during CrossFit. But then when I was in Saudi, and I went through the burnout. I was like, you know what? I think I should just kind of pull back and just work weightlifting. It's a lot more, I don't know. I just love the beauty of it. Like the thought process of the technique, hammering in on making something better and better and better and better. Um, and it gets, you know, it gets monotonous sometimes, but I really enjoy it. Um, 
I do get FOMO a lot with CrossFit at the gym. I'll be like, no, but I want to do that. Um, so on those days, I, I have, try not to beat my body up too much so I can continue lifting. But, um, yeah, so I started doing a little bit more after my injury. Um, just kind of pulled back and mm-hmm. um, just decided that my movement needed to be really in, a lot more intentional. And a lot of times I can – and that's just a part of like the, the speed of CrossFit is like, you can kind of lose intention a lot of the time. And, um, yeah, I wanted with, with a herniated disc that like never fully goes away. Like I just wanted to make sure like if I were to approach CrossFit again, I would be very intentional. And so in a CrossFit work, I'll slow down really quick just to make sure I'm like staying tight. And so I do a lot of accessory work and all that good stuff to you know, never have to lay on a couch for hours. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. That is yeah. the goal. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Um, so please describe the perfect day. The perfect. Ooh. Okay. The perfect day. Yeah. Like weather wise too. Yeah. Every, anything that would make it perfect for you. Okay. One thing that I have absolutely loved, this is where I would take Saudi and American, just like mold them together is one. The weather here is, is like, like, but okay, the, a winter in Jeddah would essentially be like a nice, crisp summer morning. So like maybe two mornings ago, it was like nice and like cool in the morning. That would be like a winter winter day in in Jeddah. Um, and so like having that, um, being able to wake up outside on my rooftop or on a houseboat. That's like my dream is to have a houseboat um, on the water, Red Sea or the ocean here. Either one, it's cool with me. Um, a cup of coffee and I just spend like a few hours alone in silence. I really, really love that. Like I, I'd like this, like a lot of people perceive me as a very like extroverted person, but I also definitely like to be alone and have like my morning time for sure. Um, lots of clouds in the sky and lots of like green trees around. Yeah. That's a really nice day to me. Like a, we just stopped at morning though. What happens the rest of the day? Oh, the rest of the day. I'm like, I'm like stuck on the creation. I'm like, like, oh, this is so cool. That's it. That's the day. I mean, if that's what makes it. Anything else is still a good day? I mean, that would be a good start to the day. So then the rest of the day, um, getting a good workout in and like crushing some PRs. That would be really great if I could ever figure out what my maxes are. Um, Yeah, spending time with people. Like I I really do like – I do energize off of people a lot, but I also need my alone time so that I can go energize off of them. Um, And, like, I really, really do love the, the, like, silliness to my personality, but I also really, really love having good conversation with people and, like, Mm -hmm. letting people be seen, like, and feel seen. And so, um, yeah, being able to come into the gym, work out, grab a client, face-to-face, that would be a good day. And then um, just have a successful coaching class and, you know, and then come home and get some, get some good food in the whole day. That's, that's a requirement. And then go to sleep. That would be like a normal day of what life looks like kind of that now. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, if I added anything else, it would be like, you know, going out to the beach or like being on my paddleboard. I really like spending time on the water. Like, I think I, my heart grew a lot for just nature and the world around us being in Saudi because you see the same thing all the time lots of sand 
which is fine. The desert is super cool, super beautiful. But then after a while, it's like you've forgotten what color looks like. And mm-hmm. so when I would come home, I would be like, look at these clouds, because we don't even see clouds very often. And I was like, oh, look at these lush clouds and this blue sky and these green trees and this blue water. And so it was just, it just kind of like sets me on fire. So sure. if I could be outside all day, I probably, I probably would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be a good day. Yeah. Cool. And, okay, so I don't want to glaze over the fact that you coach at Total Control West, which oh, yes. obviously is a very yes, important fact. Yeah. Um, how did you find that gym, and why did you pick that as your Yeah. So I was looking at gyms before I came. Um, I Once I kind of realized – well, I was looking in Athens, Georgia. is where my other brother lives. He's getting his Ph.D. there. And so I was like, I have these two options. And so I was kind of looking at gyms in both places. And mm-hmm. so um, – I was like, anywhere that I coach is probably somewhere where, where I'm going to be training and, you know, vice versa. So um, so when I came here, I had a list of – I had a whole list of gyms yeah, ready to go. Yeah. And so – but CrossFit Total Control kept popping up and a few others. And I'm – again, like, my gut always speaks a lot. And so I, I popped into one gym that was really, really a cool gym. And it's interesting because – my gut feeling was it ended up taking me in a different direction but I still have a lot of respect for that gym and like still like interact interact with them because of how they connected me with something else Mm -hmm. um and so that was really cool and so then I walked into CrossFit Total Control and Joe like again I'm a words of affirmation people and I like you know I've got this gut thing and then you know if you give me this feeling I'm like okay this is I think this is where I need to be and so just his, like, he knew knows how to just, like, make people feel at home and, like, kind of welcome them in and just, like, I don't know, he's, he's a cool guy. And so um, that and then, so I was like, okay, okay. So, and I'm pretty, I would say I'm decently reserved for about three months until I'm kind of like, okay, I can breathe. And, of course, it was, I felt like it felt way worse this time just because I was, like, it felt like a new culture that I was supposed to know, but I didn't know, but I knew, and it was just, like, this weird thing. So... The first three months were really hard. I felt like I was just kind of, like, watching people and just kind of, like, what are these people doing? And then it was hard because I look like everyone else. So then it was just kind of like, well, why didn't she understand? And I'm like, but I don't. (laughs) Yes, the DMV was, like, my worst. My driver's license picture is so bad because it literally screams culture shock to this this poor girl who like didn't understand and they they were like well why don't you like look at you you are very american um that was like such a day um and so and then i walked in and like met some of the weightlifters and like i definitely um appreciate because i've been in new situations my my whole life i've kind of chased uncomfortable things um and because I like the awkward tension of uncomfortable because I feel like I'm always going to learn something really cool out of it. Um, and so like it, but I really value someone who can see someone who's new and, and walk up to them and be like, Hey, I see you. Mm-hmm. And there are several people specifically, um, Christina, um, uh, Richards, she, uh, is a weightlifter and a coach. And, and, and I just remember <laughs> She came up to me and she was like, you can use those bars over there. Those are like weightlifting bars. Because I was using like the CrossFit ones. And uh, and I was just like, this girl's dope. She's real cool. And so, I don't know, we just instantly connected. And so it was just like, I know with consistency, things get more comfortable. But I think that there are parts of me that like already said, hey, you'll, you'll be comfortable. Just mm-hmm. give it some time. And so, um, 
yeah, there was just, like, that feeling that I got that, like, this is where I need to be. And so I started working out, and then eventually you just kind of started coaching. And now I'm there a lot. I'm there a lot. That is the place. Yeah, that is the place to be. Or first home. Yeah, first home. Yeah, (laughs) you could say that. That's awesome. Cool. All right, so last question. Yes. What is something that someone could do for their health right now? Oh, Mm. I think something that someone can do for their health right now, aside from, you know, the practicalities of going into a gym, um, they would sit down and assess where they are with their life and just like write down the strengths that they have and where possibly parts of their health is kind of holding them back. Um, I think that awareness, like an awareness to self is really, really cool. And I think that with emotions and our mental state, I mean, it can't, I mean, human beings are like constantly flowing through all the time. Um, But a lot of times, especially from like a woman's perspective, I don't know if guys go through this quite the same, but like I, I noticed and this is my, my linguist background again, like the word crazy comes up a lot when you think of like, oh, I felt crazy, I would, you know, like, or, you know, that will commonly be referred to as like, you know, like that craziness that we feel in certain, like certain types of our cycle or just like life in general and emotions because the women are a little bit more in tune with emotions. Um, but I think that we all go through that. Um, and ours is a little bit different, obviously. But I think that it's it's really beautiful when someone can kind of sit down and be like, um, this is how I am and this is how I want to be better. Um, and I think that that's a really good place to be in if you can be curious about yourself. So I think the best thing for your health right now is just to be curious. Um, not not to get stuck in your ways, but like continue continually be curious about yourself and how you can be better individually because that's going to affect society around you. Um, Because if we live better, we love better. (laughs) That's all I want. Yeah, so be curious. Be curious about yourself. Be curious about others. Um, But definitely be curious about yourself because it will spur on curiosity for other people. And I think it makes relationships a lot stronger. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. All right, so we'll find you at theholisticdig.com. Yes. Cool. We can find you on Instagram. Total control. I will definitely Or total control. (laughs) You can drop in anytime you want. Joe will give you a very good welcome. Yes. All right, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. You can find us on Instagram at The Healthy Jacks Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and let us know if you have any topics or guests that you would like us to bring on to the show. Thank you again for tuning in, and until next time, stay healthy. Keep moving, Jacksonville.